understand it's essentially the same unappreciative crowd full of scumbags from last night. Hello wrestling fans and welcome to this week's episode of the Scumbags Wrestling Podcast. I'd like to thank everybody who joins us on all of our multiple platforms, whether it's iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Podcoin, or now on iHeartRadio. You can always join us on our Facebook page where we discuss Everything pro wrestling, whether it's AEW, Ring of Honor, New Japan, WDE, Smash Wrestling, Independent Wrestling in Ontario, or anything else that comes up. You can also catch every Friday a new episode of the production line as I stop by the Tyson Dukes Wrestle Factory and present the future of tomorrow today. On this week's episode, we look back at Ethan's fight event that happened here in London last weekend, the Smash Wrestling calendar, predictions for AEW Fighter Fest, look back at last night's Ring of Honor, Best in the World Night 1, results from Stomping Grounds, and the news from the world of wrestling. We'll be right back after this short message. about Chris Jericho's Rock and Wrestling Rager at Sea Part 2, the second wave, is getting ready to go, along with thousands of the friends of Jericho and me, sailing across the ocean to have the best vacation of a lifetime. I want to tell you right now, the hottest wrestling promotion in the world today, All Elite Wrestling, will be there. That's right, some of the greatest rock and roll bands in the world, some of the funniest comedians on the planet, paranormal experiences where you'll be wondering, is this really happening? Well, the answer is yes. It is really happening, and so is Chris Jericho's Rock and Wrestling Rager at Sea Part 2, Second Wave. Sign up for all the info for this all-elite vacation now at ChrisJerichoCruise.com. I want you on board Chris Jericho's Rock and Wrestling Rager at Sea so we can all sail away, man! We'll see you there. Oh, yeah! It's a path to the divine! I'm Kyle Boone, one handsome SOB, and you're listening to the Scumbags Wrestling Podcast. Welcome back to this week's show. Normally, we'd start off with Smash Wrestling. However, this past Sunday, here in London at Montcalm Secondary School, there was the first ever Ethan's Fight event. 
We are happy to have tickets for this event and be there to support Ethan, who unfortunately was not able to attend as he was dealing with treatment for his cancer. It was hosted by Jux Kane, who is a local rapper and one of the members of the Wrestling Nerds. I'd like to thank David Sisson for keeping track of all the results and sending them to me for this recording. The card started off with a 15-man battle royal. It featured John John Tavius, The Wanderer Wade Allen, Kevin Greenwald, Tyler Arrow, Holmes Brooks, Frank Cold, Ron T. Ridge, The Jungle Boy Mowgli, Jimbo Jones, A Moondog, Tyler Hill, Kyle Brooks, Warhead, Marcus Gold II, and Christopher Clarence. In the end, Tyler Arrow ended up picking up the victory. We saw Jake Jones lose to Kyle Boone, Chris Mitchells and the Pharaoh Cyrus Bowman defeated Jordan James and Alec Realm. Gato Rojo lost to Gabriel Ferreza. Selena Kyle and Crystal Moon lost to Violet Lee in a triple threat women's match that unfortunately was missing Jesse Mack, who had to be pulled from the match due to a concussion. Big Ben Ortmans defeated Brandon Tidwell. White Trash Circus with Jesse Mack by their side defeated Warhead and Jeff Black in no disqualification tag team match that didn't even need that stipulation. They brought out very little as far as using any weapons, even though they brought a table with them, that was not even used. So the stipulation of no DQ really was a useless one. And in the main event, Cody Diener defeated Carter Mason. Cody had even promised that he was going to punch Carter in the mouth and have Ethan's sister pin him. And all that did happen before the show ended. It was a really good show, and I'm hoping that they were able to surpass their goal for Ethan's uh, fight. I'd also like to give another shout-out to Jux Kane and thank him for shouting out to us twice during the event. We ended up picking up some new members to the group, and that's always welcome. Plus, some of the talent were looking for to us for results and video, which is always awesome, as opposed to me trying to seek out the talent. With Smash Wrestling recording all their June episodes for the Fight Network during the Northern Tournament, there hasn't been any live shows happening for Smash Wrestling, but that'll all change next week when Smash Wrestling returns on July 6th and 7th. On July 6th, Orange is the New Smash, night number one, at the Franklin Horror Community Center in Toronto. With Sean Spears out, Orange Cassidy is in. The viral sensation has been one of the brightest stars in 2019, and Smash Wrestling is excited that he's announced that he's going to join both shows on the 6th and 7th. On the 6th, Orange Cassidy will take on Psycho Mike Rollins. July 6th will also be the site of the Tag Team Invitational Tournament Semifinals. It contains six different organizations, and each one is going to be represented on that night. TDT, representing FLQ, 
will take on the Philly and Marino experience representing Wild Zero. The Super Reversos representing PWA will take on Killscreen representing Smash Wrestling. The Renegades representing Innovative Wrestling will take on the Untouchables representing UCW. The winners of these matches will face off in a triple threat match the following night. Rounding out the card on July 6th will be The Muscle, challenging the newly crowned Special Wrestling Champion Kevin Bennett in his first title defense. It all goes down at the Franklin Horner Community Center in Toronto. Doors open at 6 p.m. with bell time at 7. As just mentioned, the very next night, on July 7th, Smash Wrestling returns for Orange is the New Smash Night Number 2 at the London Music Hall right here in London, Ontario. Doors open at 4 p.m. with Bell at 5. Alec Realm and Jordan James will debut as The Revolt, and they'll take on Maritime's Most Wanted, Little Blade, Cody Blade, and Dylan Davis. We'll see a gauntlet match featuring The Muscle, Violet Lee, Jim Strider, Jody Threat, Chris Mitchells, Kyle Boone, Farrell Bowman, and Marcus Burke. The finals of the Tag Team Invitational Tournament will happen in a triple threat tag team match, which is becoming a signature of Smash Wrestling. The winners from the three matches the night before will be here in London to face off against each other. It's expected that the winner of the tournament will get a tag team title shot against Halal Beefcake as Super Showdown. Smash Wrestling has also announced that regardless of what happens at July 6th event, TDT will be coming to London. And Orange Cassidy will be here in London to take on London's own Cody Deaner. July 7th will also be the dark match in-ring debut of Ethan, Tyson Dukes' son as we see what he has in front of a large crowd. That's July 7th at the London Music Hall, right here in London, Ontario. Doors open at 4 p.m. Then, on July 13th, Smash Wrestling returns to Dresden at the Ken Houston Memorial Agricultural Center, with doors opening at 5 p.m. We'll see Super K take on Scotty O'Shea, plus a massive six-man tag team Main event with the Pillars, Tarek, Tyson Dukes, and Brent Banks taking on the Kevin Bennett experience of Kevin Bennett and Halal Beefcake. We have a block of VIP tickets available, and if you'd like to join us, please contact me either through the Facebook page or scumbagsofwrestling at gmail.com. Find out how you can be a part of the VIP section of Scumbags and represent us and support the Dresden Junior Kings hockey team. On July 21st, Smash Wrestling returns to Kitchener at the Tannery Event Center for New Kids on the Block. Truth is show's name, some new faces will be seen when Smash Wrestling comes back to Kitchener. Brent Banks is set to take on the Smash Wrestling debut of Corey Stone. The unhinged mind of Psycho Mike Rollins is set to take on PWA star Joey Allen. The newly formed duo of Violet Lee and The Muscle, known as Physical Attraction, thanks to the continued accidental advice from Scott Hunter, 
takes on the pair of ruthless ass-kickers in Jody Threat and Sebastian Suave. Opportunity knocks as Aiden Rain returns to Kitchener to take on the debuting heavyweight Jake Jones. Alec Realm and Jordan James, a.k.a. The Revolt, will take on two former Smash Wrestling champions in the pillars of Tyson Dukes and Tarek. And then the main event for New Kids on the Block sees Kevin Bennett defending his Smash Wrestling Championship against PWA standout Super K. You won't want to miss this card as Smash Wrestling returns to the Tannery Event Center in Kitchener, Ontario on July 21st. Just one week later, on July 28th, Smash Wrestling will debut in St. Thomas, Ontario at the Joe Thornton Community Center. Doors open at 4 p.m. with a bell time of 5. While it's heavily considered that it is SummerSlam weekend in Toronto, it's actually Smash Week in Toronto, as they're presenting eight different events happening on four different nights, all coming from the Midtown Event Theater in Toronto. Smash Wrestling welcomes OWE, Oriental Wrestling Entertainment, at 4 p.m. on July 7th to the Midtown Event Theater. Then... Smash vs. Progress at 8 p.m. on August 7th. WXW Ambition 11 happens August 8th at 4 p.m. Followed by Progress Wrestling at 8 p.m. on August 8th. WXW returns again at 4 p.m. on August 9th. And Super Showdown 7 happens August 9th at 8 p.m. I know that Tyson Dukes had issued a challenge to Jason Kincaid at the Northern Tournament with how impressed he was with Kincaid in the ring. Now they will go one-on-one against each other. We also saw that Speedball Mike Bailey won the Northern Tournament and will challenge the new champion, Kevin Bennett, for the Smash Wrestling Championship. A rematch from the Canusa Classic this year will see Jordan Grace taking on Lufisto. Anthony Kingdom James has demanded a new, more aggressive, and violent side of Sebastian Suave. Meanwhile, Rosemary has been looking to avenge the loss she took two years ago that drove her out of Smash Wrestling for a while. Both have an appetite for destruction, so what better stage than Super Showdown as Sebastian Suave takes on Rosemary? And new this week, a huge grudge match has been signed as Bloyd returns to Super Showdown 7 to face the man who tried to drive him away, Psycho Mike Rollins. That's Super Showdown 7, happening at the Midtown Event Theater, August 9th at 8pm. Then August 10th, it's The Summit, a women's pro wrestling event, hosted by Smash Wrestling, Rise, Femme Fatales, and Shimmer. There'll be a special meet and greet and clinic featuring former WD champion Bull Nakano. Those with the special meet and greet tickets will also be treated to an exclusive match featuring Jody Threat and Mary Lee Rose taking on Alexia Nicole and Maeve O'Farrell. The rest of the card for the summit looks as this Veda Scott taking on Ashley Vox, Shotzi Blackheart taking on Delilah Doom, Cheerleader Melissa, Allison Kay, Lufisto, and Priscilla Kelly 
in a fatal four-way match. Zoe Lucas defends the Rise Championship against Ariel Monroe. Mercedes Martinez defends the Femme Fatales Championship against Jordan Grace. Nicole Savoy defends her Shimmer Championship against Nicole Matthews, and the first-ever Smash Wrestling Women's Championship will be crowned when Casey Spinelli takes on Rosemary. The summit is shaping up to be a historic event, and believe Smash Wrestling when they tell you that they you don't want to miss it. There's still good tickets available for the event, as well as meet and greet. Smash Weekend Toronto concludes on August 10th, as OWE presents their final show at 3pm at the Midtown Event Theatre. Then, August 18th, it's Proving Ground in Burlington at the Austrian Continental Club. Doors open at 4 p.m. And the calendar wraps up on August 24th. Born to be Wild, Smash Wrestling TV taping at the London Music Hall. And we've been announced that Gail Kim will be in attendance and serve as a special guest referee for a match yet to be announced. For tickets for any of these events, you can go to the Smash Wrestling website at smash-wrestling.com and for more information on any of these events check out our page the smash wrestling page or right here on the weekly update are you looking to get into the wrestling business well look no further than the tyson dukes wrestle factory located right here in london ontario it's Tyson has over 20 years of experience in the wrestling world, and he's even been brought down to the WWE Performance Center to be a guest trainer. We've already seen the likes of Jordan James, Kyle Boone, Violet Lee, Jim Strider, Pharaoh Bowman, Chris Mitchells, and many more. Plus, the new generation that are coming from the second group, such as Josh Pine, Shiloh, Nova, Frankie War, and many more. You don't want to miss your opportunity to learn from one of the best in Ontario, if not all of Canada, or the world, in Tyson Dukes. So that's the Tyson Dukes Wrestling Factory. It's open Monday, Wednesday, and Thursdays. And located at 309 Exeter Road, here in London. In all elite wrestling news, tonight is Fighter Fest. It's happening from the Ocean Center in Daytona Beach, Florida. The event will air free on the BR Live streaming service. You just have to set up an account and you'll be able to watch it. There'll be a pre-show featuring Kylie Ray taking on Leva Bates with Peter Avalon at ringside. I'm going to go with Kylie Ray picking up the victory here as Peter and Leva will probably not be able to get along as to who is the real librarian in AEW. Best friends Chuck Taylor and Trent Beretta take on SoCal Uncensored, Scorpio Sky and Frankie Kazarian, and Private Party, Isaiah Cassidy and Mark Quinn. The winners of this match will advance to the all-out event with an opportunity for the first round bye in the AEW Tag Team Championship Tournament. 
this case, I'm going to pick the best friends to get the victory and move on to All Out. And the other match listed for the pre-show features Michael Nakazawa taking on Alex Jabaley in a hardcore match. I'm going to pick Nakazawa to pick up the victory in this one. Main card will have Yuka Sakasaki, Rio, and Nyla Rose in a three-way women's match. I'm picking Nyla Rose for the victory. Christopher Daniels will take on Sima. I see Sima picking up the victory in this one. Adam Page, Jimmy Havoc, Jungle Boy, and MJF will be in a fatal four-way match. As Adam Page is the number one contender currently for the first ever AEW championship, I can see him picking up the victory. Cody will face Darby Allen. I'm going to pick Cody on this one as he has a need for momentum as him and his brother will team together against the Young Bucks next month. It's been noted that John Moxley and Joey Janela are having a thirst for violence and their match at Fighter Fest will be non-sanctioned by AEW. I'm going to pick John Moxley to pick up the victory in what could end up being the bloodbath of Fighter Fest. And the main event will see the elite Kenny Omega, Matt Jackson, and Nick Jackson taking on the Lucha Brothers, Pentagon Jr., and Ray Phoenix, plus the Laredo Kid. I think I will pick the Lucha Brothers for the victory, as really, we don't need to see the owners of the company, like we do in WWE, always win. And in this case, the Elite do not always have to go over in every pay-per-view. So once again, that is Fighter Fest, presented by AEW, happening in Daytona Beach, Florida at the Ocean Center, and you can catch it for free on BR Live Streaming Service. In Ring of Honor news, last night was the best in the world night number one, happening from Baltimore, Maryland. Tonight will be night number two, happening from the old ECW arena, the 2300 arena now in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Results from last night include Roosh defeating Flip Gordon with the Bull's Horn. Eli Drake came out and announced that he will debut with Ring of Honor and be the tag team partner for Nick Aldis, replacing Colt Cabana, who is out due to injury. The actual pay-per-view had Dalton Castle facing Dragon Lee and Castle picking up the victory using Lee's finisher, the Bull's Horns. The Allure, Angelina Love and Mandy Leon, with Velvet Sky by their side, took on Jenny Rose and Kelly Klein. Leon actually kicked Klein with a high heel shoe as the referee was distracted, allowing Angelina Love to hit the Botox injection for the win. After the match, Maria Manic made her debut, where she appeared behind the Allure. As the Allure escaped the ring, Manic attacked the security guards. Jay Lethal and Ken King went against each other in their best-of-three series, which is already tied up at one apiece, with King picking up the victory. Last night, he won the best-of-three series. In a pure rules match, Jonathan Gresham submitted Silas Young, with the octopus hold to win the match. 
the tag team match involving Eli Drake and Nick Aldis taking on the Briscoe brothers ended in a double countout. After the match, Mark Briscoe put Nick Aldis through a table with the froggy bow. Shane Taylor retained his Ring of Honor television championship against Bandito when he hit the greetings from 216 and retained. Villain Express, Brody King, Marty Skrull, and PCO retained their six-man tag titles over Lifeblood, Mark Haskins, PJ Black, and Tracy Williams when PCO hit his PCO salt on Black to retain the titles. After the match, all hell broke loose as the soldiers of savagery attacked Lifeblood. Bandito made the save, which, until Bully Ray attacked uh, him, Flip Gordon appeared in the ring, and Bully Ray ran away. Marty Skrull then appeared on the screen and introduced the new member of Villain Express, Flip Gordon. Villain Express then attacked Lifeblood, which ended with Gordon hitting a 450 splash and turning heel in the process. The main event saw Matt Taven retain the Ring of Honor World Championship over Jeff Cobb after he hit the climax to retain the title. Now, tonight will be night number two in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Matches scheduled to happen include the Briscoes taking on Roosh and Dragon Lee. Sammy Siaki taking on Carissa Rivera. Flip Gordon against Marty Skrull, which probably won't happen now since Gordon is part of Villain Enterprises. Dalton Castle, Jeff Cobb, Jonathan Gresham, and Kenny King will be in a four-corner survival match. Silas Young takes on Josh Woods. Angelina Love, Jenny Rose, Tesha Steeles, and Stella Gray will be in a four-corner survival match to determine the number one contender for the Women of Honor World Championship. Rhett Titus takes on Shane Taylor, and the main event will be Master and Machine taking on Coast to Coast, which probably will not be the main event. The main event will probably be the Briscoe Brothers and Roosh and Dragon Lee match. Well, that happens tonight, Ring of Honor, night number two of Best in the World 2019. Following the news that the former hottest free agent in pro wrestling, Kenny Omega, is joining AEW, London Comic Con can finally announced that the best boat machine is making his way to Southwest Ontario for London Comic Con 2019 this October. Omega will be available to meet fans, sign autographs, and host a special VIP video game tournament. More details and announcements are coming soon. Check out London Comic Con for more details. Hey, I'm Alec Realm, and you're listening to the Scumbags of Wrestling Podcast. Last week was also WD's Stomping Ground pay-per-view. It happened on the WD Network last Sunday, and I am happy to say I actually got all perfect on my predictions from last week. Tony Nese defended the Cruiserweight Championship against Drew Gillock and Akira Tazawa. 
but the climax saw Nice was pushed out of the ring and Gulak hit the Argentine netbreaker on Tozawa to pick up the victory and become the new WD Cruiserweight champion. Then the pay-per-view started and Becky Lynch took on Lacey Evans to defend the Raw Women's Championship. It was actually kind of a sloppy match if you see some of the video of the Botchamania where Becky is loudly calling spots and then Lacey wasn't even in position to receive a springboard kick from Becky and you could see how frustrated she was. But in the end, Becky did retain the championship with the disarmor to retain. The team of Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn defeated the New Day, Big E, Xavier Woods. Ricochet picked up the victory in probably the best match of the night against Samoa Joe and won the United States Championship. Dana Bryan and Eric Rowan retained the SmackDown Tag Team titles, defeating Heavy Machinery. Bailey defeated Alexa Bliss, who had Nikki Cross at her side, and unfortunately Nikki got in the way and caused Alexa to lose the match. Roman Reigns defeated Drew McIntyre, who had Shane McMahon at his side, and Shane tried everything he could to be in the match and distract and cause problems, but it wasn't enough, and Roman got the victory. Kofi Kingston took on Dolph Ziggler and defeated him to retain the WWE Championship by escaping the cage first. Dolph was trying to crawl out, and Kofi was able to leap up and jump between the top and middle rope and land on the floor, giving him the victory as the first one to escape the cage. And the main event, which was really not received well by the fans, those who were in attendance as the Tacoma Dome had to be tarped off a lot, they were punished by having Seth Rollins taking on Baron Corbin. Baron Corbin revealed who his referee was going to be, and it turned out to be Lacey Evans. Some people didn't think that made sense, but to me it made perfect sense since Lacey is embroiled in a feud with Seth's real-life girlfriend, Becky Lynch, and with Seth Rollins taking out people with chairs. Was he really going to do that to Lacey Evans, a female? Not likely. So it made for the perfect foil for this match. Of course, Lacey didn't do that well in refing. Reports have it that there was a referee at ringside yelling at her and telling her what she needed to do. She did very lackadaisical counts, but that is expected as a heel referee. And in the end, after making a no count-out match, making a no disqualification match, that allowed Becky to get involved especially after she ended uh, Lacey, that is, slapped and kicked uh, Seth. Becky came out to defend and take out Lacey, and that allowed John Cohn to then get into the ring, and Seth Rollins defeated Baron Corbin to retain the Universal Championship. This is all now leading to WWE presenting Extreme Rules on Sunday, July 14th. Coming to you from Philadelphia at the Wells Fargo Center. And because of all that that happened, 
and how Monday Night Raw opened, we'll now see Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch putting both their titles on the line against Baron Corbin and Lacey Evans in a mixed tag team match. If either Corbin or Lacey win, Rollins and Lynch will end up losing their titles. Plus, we saw the return of Undertaker on Monday, and he'll team with Roman Reigns, taking on Drew McIntyre and Shane McMahon. Kofi Kingston will take on Samoa Joe after Joe had attacked Kofi on Monday. Bailey will get another match against Alexa Bliss as she lost on Tuesday to Nikki Cross, which gave Bliss back a title shot. Weird booking on that one. And Drew Golak will defend the Cruiserweight Championship against Tony Nese. So that's five matches already announced for Extreme Rules. And there's been no real Extreme Rule put into play. So we'll see how that unfolds over the next two weeks as we head into Extreme Rules. Tyson Dukes is currently one half of the Smash Wrestling Tag Team Champions and one of the pillars of wrestling in Ontario. He's had a very impressive career over the past two decades, and it's only natural that aspiring wrestlers would want to learn from a veteran of his caliber. Since October of 2017, Tyson opened up the Tyson Dukes Wrestling Factory here in London, Ontario. Students learned all aspects of wrestling. The first graduates like Jim Strider, Violet Lee, and Jordan James are making their names for themselves on the indie scene. Whether you're a student or a supporter, you can now be a part of the club and purchase your own beautiful zip-up hoodie. They're just $40 up to extra large and $45 for larger sizes. Contact Tyson Dukes Wrestling Factory directly on Facebook to order yours today. Let's check out the news from the last week. Seth Rollins was on the SI Media podcast interviewed by Jimmy Torina, and he made comments about Dean Ambrose, and he said, Ambrose can do what he wants. He's a big boy. He's got his big party pants on. He can go out there and say whatever he wants, but the bottom line is not everybody's equipped to handle the rigors of WWE and the schedule and how it affects you mentally and emotionally. And Ambrose gave everything he had to the company for the entire time he was here. He put his heart and soul into the travel, into the schedule, into the injuries, into the work in the ring, and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, he took his ball and he went home. He went elsewhere, at least. And I think it's a little presumptuous of him to get on a podcast and talk down about the company that gave him such an opportunity. And like I said, I love the guy. I love him. I'll always love him. But at the end of the day, we just share different perspectives about what we want out of life and what, about where we're at in our own lives. I hope he does well. I've kept enough tabs on him to know he's doing super well for himself right now. And I'm happy about that. But I just don't think there's any reason to hop on a soapbox and complain after the fact. Rollins also noted that he hasn't actually spoken with uh, Moxley since uh, Moxley made those 
Commons Public and Departing WWE, but he obviously does keep in touch through Renee Young. Since then as well, Seth Rollins has posted on Twitter bragging about WWE being the best company in the world to work for and everything, and it's great that he wants to be a locker room leader and defend where he works. He might need a little bit of a reality check of what how fans are feeling, but if he's feeling that way, hey, uh, all the power to him. He needs to believe what he does. However, he's also gotten into a uh, war of words with Will Ospreay, and that's gone back and forth between them on Twitter. Osprey said, I just think it's a, a little bit of friendly banter. I love Rollins. Rollins is the absolute Don. He's the man. You know what I mean? He's one of the best wrestlers ever, period. But you asked the question. You asked me, find someone alive. As far as I'm concerned, I'm breathing. There's oxygen in my lungs. I think the last time I heard about an amazing Seth Rollins match was his one against AJ. And if you don't, I mean, if you can't get a good match out of AJ Styles, then I think you should uh, leave the planet. I'm still here. I'm still breathing. And I think my run this year, not just in New Japan, in the Indies and everywhere I've been, is I don't have asked anything. I don't do a terrible TV match. I just go hard every single night. If you give me a, an opportunity to show what I can do, I do it. And that was his response to the fact that Seth put himself over as the best wrestler alive and breathing. And that's where Osprey ended up getting sort of much offended because he's alive and breathing too and thinks he's better. WD also has been doing a bit of a change up. There's been an edict by Vince that there will no longer be matches happening during commercial breaks. Which, for me, I think is really odd and kind of dumb. Uh, if a commercial break is needed, take the commercial break. Or put the match just within that segment. Uh, it happened before in the good old days with Superstars, where you saw just in and done. Of course, there was a lot of uh, enhancement performers in there, but... At the same time, what does it matter if a commercial is going? You are presenting a live event to people in an arena. Now uh, we're getting stuck with a bunch of 203 Falls matches, which I love 203 Falls matches until now. They're just being overdone four in the last two episodes, it seems. And yeah, I can only imagine what it's going to be like in the arena during stuff like that, apparently they take a timeout while wrestlers just sit there and wait for the commercials to be over. Different promos are cut during the commercials or videos are shown up on the wall. And you have two people, or four, depending on who's in the match, just standing there looking dumb at each other until the commercial comes back and they have to ring the bell. Uh, does not make sense at all. To me, and it looks really sloppy. WD announced that this week they are going to be showing the 10th anniversary show of Evolve as it happens on WD Network. 
This also coincides with AEW's Fight for the Fallen event that's going to happen from Jacksonville. This really pissed off Kenny Omega, and he ended up tweeting and deleting a uh, quote about taking blood money and the fact that WD wants to put up a show against a charity event that is supposed to help people who are victims of gun violence and thinks it's uh, very classless and low of WD to do so. Just means more fire going on between the two companies, which could be great for the future of wrestling. And we'll have to wait and see. That Evolve show, though, will have a few WD performers on it, as we'll see Matt Riddle take on Drew Gulak, who is the current Cruiserweight Champion, and the NXT Champion, Adam Cole, will go against Akira Tozawa. And probably the biggest news, though, this week involves WD announcing that Eric Bischoff and Paul Heyman will be executive directors of SmackDown and Raw, respectively. They are both said to be reporting directly to the company chairman, Vince McMahon. While this might be a good option, hopefully uh, they're not going to get micromanaged and they'll have a little more leeway and they'll be able to put their ideas and take the fans' opinions as WD says they want to into consideration. I guess the big question, though, is how will this affect Bischoff's 83 Weeks podcast, and will Bischoff and Heyman be TV characters as opposed to just behind the scenes working on doing what's best for creative? Uh, There's also been a story that Bischoff was added and will be working with Fox TV Network in anticipation for the show's launch in October which then there's supposed to be new camera is being used, possibly new angles, uh, just a whole different layout to make it feel more sports-oriented. There's a hope that since it's in the Staples Center for the first week on uh, Fox, that celebrities will be there, so there'll be more big fight feel. And it's also happening the same week that AEW is presenting what is now going to be presumed to be called Wednesday Night Dynamite on TNT. This is Sting Bassey. You're listening to the Scumbags Wrestling Podcast. Thank you for joining me for this week's episode of the Scumbags Wrestling Podcast. Be sure to share this with your friends, regardless of where they listen to, as we're available on 15 different platforms, including Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, and iHeartRadio, plus PodCoin. Join us every day on our Facebook page as we discuss wrestling and celebrate a wrestler's birthdays. Plus, you can always email me at scumbagswrestling at gmail.com. Share your thoughts and get involved. We always love to be interactive. So until next time, have a great one.
surrounded by a bunch of loudmouth scumbags that just want attention. Your mouth.